Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of this show and the publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a generous grant that we received so that we could come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in Christian Living Magazine. I am so pleased today to have my friend Peter Vasquez in studio with me. Peter is the founder of Second Chance Grace and was the cover story in our May-June 2018, gosh, that's been three years ago, issue. Peter, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's, it's an honor to be here. I yeah. love it. So we met three years ago when uh-huh. you were the cover story, and we met at your photo shoot. And I always I laugh. You and my husband and our son, Drew, all <laughs> met out at Valley Shepherd. Yes, that's where I, my home church. And I think that, that my memories of that photo shoot are the most hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> because trying to get this dramatic photo, we st- first of all, let's mention that you are legally blind. Right. So we stood you on a chair right. with your lovely wife, Christine, going, don't let him fall. <laughs> and Drew and Steve were laying in the floor shooting up at you. And I have pictures somewhere buried on my phone of the two of them laying in the floor with you precariously perched on this chair. <laughs> <laughs> and you still love me. I'm so amazed. <laughs> That's right. That was all fun. You were the ultimate good sport. So how are you? Good, good. I'm just, uh, uh, we're just trying to get things going for uh, our ministry, for the gospel message to be preached out. Yeah, because yeah. the last year has kind of shut you out of a lot of what you've been able to do. Yes, it did. Mainly the prisons. I, I feel really bad for the guys in prisons because it was really important to my heart because yeah. of I mean, me being a... Uh, um, ex-con, we want to say, or ex-inmate, whatever the case may be. But um, it's your it's your story. You tell it however yeah, you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so you know, it's important for me to go in those prisons and preach the gospel message, and that's very important. I do Zoom with the the, the kids, the juvenile correction kids, and I get phone calls from the inmates, and which helps as well yeah. them and me. And we you know fellowship on the phone or whatever the case may be. But it's nothing like going in person and preaching to a whole audience in there, and and that's what these guys need. They need the gospel message in there. It is absolutely. I have I have a, an inmate or two that calls me periodically, mm-hmm. and and we're friends. It's yes. you know it's that it is what they what it is. Right. But um, you know the the lack of human contact has been very very difficult yeah, it for has. for it for our inmate population. So um, a lot of things have happened in the last three years since we met. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, we, you and you and your beautiful wife Christine, I just love her. I can't say enough nice about her. Yeah, she has a Kindle spirit. We have really, we have become friends, mm-hmm. and um, I run into you frequently at the post office, so I get a hug, <laughs> right. um, COVID friendly hug lately. But we right. do get hugs, and you know it's so funny because a lot of Christian events pre COVID we would have booths, and often we were close to each other or even side by side, which mm-hmm. I've loved. That mm-hmm. that's been fun. The camaraderie there is genuine and real. I can't wait. I, I think that a lot of these events are going to start happening again this summer. I'm hearing more and more. God and Country Festival is supposed to be coming back this summer and, mm-hmm. and some of the others. And so, um, although I'm out of town for God and Country, so I won't be able to have a booth there. But some of these others, I'm so looking forward to being back out 
and seeing people and spreading the gospel in person. So I know you are. Yes, definitely we are. We're ready for that. We won't be here for God and country either. We're going on evangelist. I'm going to evangelize in California, Oregon, as well, maybe possibly Utah and uh, and other places around here as well in this in our state and we're just looking forward to that road trip yeah oh sorry yeah yeah we're we're not going together i'm going to be a grandma i'm i'm getting new grandchildren i'm having twin grandbabies and i'm going to help so i I, that's where's that um i'll be in southern california okay okay so yeah Yeah. Yeah. i'll pass through there so (laughs) i wave we'll wave we'll wave so you know, knowing you and and growing in our friendship the way that we have, mm-hmm. I I went back and reread your story, and it just always it impressed me three years ago. But I know you far better today than I knew you three years ago, and your testimony is so poignant, and just is so impactful. And I have trouble believing that the man who sits before me today is the same man in that story. Right, and, and a lot of people feel the same way they you know a lot of people mainly the ones in california that know me um that used to know who the the jerk i was <laughs> i always say that but um, you know the unbeliever let's put it that way yeah. and, and when you have an unbeliever unbelieving spirit it, it's just I, I i just don't get how people live without jesus christ i, I really do I, I watched a lot of things and then I, I watched life as it is right now and then my Watch everything spiritually. I, I balance yes. everything spiritually. I don't do it secularly or or in, in any any way of that nature. But I do uh, watch everything spiritually, and it, everything that's in the Word of God is confirmed, and Scripture is being fulfilled. And yes. that's it, that could be scary for some Christians, and but that could be um, a, a joy. For a lot of other Christians, can also be very affirming and, and exciting. <laughs> yes, exciting, and, yeah. and it's exciting for me, you know. And and God just always teach. Right now, our ministry is 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 learning how to rejoice in Him. Yes, and that's something that we, we you know we can always rejoice in Him, knowing what He's done for us on that cross and resurrected to give us eternal life. That's so important for us Christians, and we just can't take. Uh, grasp that enough, you know, for what he's done. And so we can, because when you read that, when you're going through trials and tribulations, you know, in your ministry and, and health problems with your family or whatever the case may be, you it's hard to, you know, rejoice, right? Yeah. But at the same time, when when God says, always rejoice in him, not in us, but in him, then we really grasp that and say, yeah, we can appreciate what he's done for us and how he's going to get us through these trials and tribulations. And that's important to me. That's what I've been learning lately. Absolutely. You know, you know, you know me very well and, and likewise, and, mm-hmm. and you met me shortly after a very dark season in my whole family's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. life. We yeah. lost our, our beloved daughter-in-law to yes. breast cancer mm-hmm. and um, tried desperately through that season of our life to always be praising him in the storm. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a new song out, and one of the lines in that song is, I hope you'll find me mm-hmm. praising you no matter what comes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that was, that was our whole family six and seven years ago. And Lord, let me not let, plant that seed deep in my heart so that no matter what comes, I am rejoicing in you every day and praising you. So let's let's talk about your testimony if you if you don't mind. Let's yeah, talk no, about no, your no testimony problem. a little bit. So you you only met your birth father one time. One time, yes. I, I met him in nineteen ninety four. And uh, recently, um I think I was talking to you about that earlier, yes. uh, that you know, 
my wife wanted to reunite me and my father, my real father. Um, and because I, I turned 50 years old, I hate saying that, but it's what it I'm is, still right? older than you. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, she wanted to reunite me for my 50th birthday last year in August. And, uh, she did all the research she could and, and we found out that he was passed. And, um, and that kind of like, you know, it was in 2016, he passed away or no 14. I think it was. Yeah. And so, uh, it really kind of, you know, I was stung by it because I wanted to, you know, uh, mend some some healing there and get some healing there going across between me and him. And because in 1994, when I first met him, I hugged him for the last time and I was leaving. And I uh, just uh, told him, I'll probably never see you again. And, uh, hey, I call this other guy dad and whatever the case. I just had a lot of bitterness, unbelieving bitterness and just anger and fear and everything else all mixed up in my heart and my mind at that time. And so that was what it was. And, and uh, I'm sure um, I always remember him and his children. There was three little children and they prayed for me. And I, and I, and I, I, I sat there and just didn't know what that meant, you know, yeah. but, but I, but I, yeah. I, I, you know, it was, it was something that seed was planted in my heart and I didn't know that at that time. Well, but at an earlier seed, which caused, that or at least contributed to mm-hmm. it was the fact that what you knew of him was that he was a gang member. Yes. And in in and in your youthful admiration of him, you followed that. Mm-hmm. You became a, a gang member. Yes. And you said I I loved your term what a jerk I was. Right. But but, <laughs> but you were kind of a bad dude. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Um the, the FBI and and um, <laughs> a lot of agencies when I first got here to Idaho, they they were wondering what are you doing here and why and what you know what are you you know they were very suspicious of me and yeah. they tapped my phone they uh, they did a lot of different things and Sheriff Donahue at that time was uh, he was uh, uh, you know working for the FBI and everything else and and these guys were really Mark Leiser I remember the head of ATF and all these guys were just really wondering what was going on but. You know, they tapped my phone and they heard nothing but the gospel message because I said they can tap my phone till I'm there. Wonder how many souls you saved that way. Yeah, you know, so (laughs) it was it was it was okay, and then and it gave me credibility though, and that was good. Yeah, and so I liked it that, and that's when people realized, hey, this guy really is a changed person, and it's very rare for somebody to come out of that lifestyle, that hardcore of a gang member, uh, so to speak, to to come into uh, um, you know being a productive citizen and giving back to society. And that's what I, you know, that's what I consider myself as comforting, strengthening, encouraging people and leave them with a sense of hope. Yes. Well, and you recognized, we talked earlier about prison ministry, prison mm-hmm. outreach, but mm-hmm. you recognized that because you spent time in San Quentin, um, in, yes. including four and a half years in solitary confinement. Yes. And this is, um, so the one thing that, because you have to remember my age and when I grew up, mm-hmm. you served time where Charles Manson served time. So this yes. was, this was prison for really hardened tough criminals i in in your interview you said i was in an evil fa- place and felt like i deserved to f- to feel the evil you know um it was a conversation you had earlier off the air but um it's how does a how does a beautiful spirit like god a loving god a forgiving god go to these wicked walls of prison in the corcoran shoe security housing unit it's called that's why it's called the shoe but they keep people off the general population inside these uh, cells and how did i just didn't couldn't grasp how somebody can come to them evil walls because there's nothing but evil and you can feel the presence of evil in there and 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 i didn't know that because i was part of the evil at that time 
But when you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior in that cell, when I did, and and he opens up your heart and your mind and renews your mind and your heart, then you can feel the presence and know the difference from evil to to who God is and the fruit of God. Well, and your salvation, your salvation story is a miracle because a friend of your dad's brought you a Bible. Amen. Yes. He, he brought me a Bible. Um, I just took it out of respect because at the time I was doing some bad things and he knew that. And, 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 and so he gave me the Bible. I took it and threw it in my locker and it followed me everywhere I went. And usually your property gets lost and everything else. Those that know about prison life and traveling and <laughs> prison buses and everything else. But, um, this Bible ended up in my cell and, and, uh, I uh, heard somebody yell out John 14, 6 one time, and I was reading the Bible as a book just because I was curious, and I was so empty and lonely and sad and broken and miserable and fearful, and nobody knew that part, but I was fearful, but nobody admits that in prison. But at the same time, um, I read that verse, John 14, 6, and boy, when I read that verse, I heard somebody, it was somebody arguing with a Jehovah Witness at that time. And the Christian guy was telling him, oh, man, read John 14, 6. And so I was curious. They're arguing about it. So I I, I, I read it. And when I read it, I didn't think it was going to drop me to my knees. And uh, I repent of everything that I can remember. And I'm in my knees praising God. Didn't even know what that meant because I never read a Bible in my life or really, you know, any kind of religion in my life. Besides being a Catholic, saying I was a Catholic, whatever that meant. But um, it was a, it was it was really a, a blessing day for me. Uh, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Is what changed my life and really, really um, just gave me a sense of of hope and peace that I can't I can't describe that. When it really says that in Philippians about, you know, there's a peace that God gives that's undescribable, I, it, it really is. And, I, and that's what I felt that day. And I've never been the same since, praise the Lord. Completely transformed you. Yes, definitely. Renewing my mind and my heart. And that's something that's really amazing to me, how he can do that and make you think different and open your eyes to, you know, there's a lot of times where a lot of a lot of things are going on in our country right now that, you know, there's a lot of records about a lot of stuff. But if you look at everything spiritually, one verse that really caught me is in Romans where it talks about, um, it talks about, if you're if you're not doing nothing wrong, which the authority that God has established, and that's our police officers, our government, and everything else. I remember when I was doing wrong, I was always watching my back, right? Yep. And and when when I read that verse that talks about, you know, you won't be watching your back, you won't be fear of God's authority if you're not doing anything evil or wrong. When I read that, I said, God, you know what? Praise the Lord, I don't have to do that no more. Because you know what? When you're doing wrong, of course you're gonna be afraid of the authority that God has established. But if you're if you're if you're you know, if you're uh doing what's right and and being following God's word and not just being doers you're doing doers of God's word, not just listening or reading God's word. And that's that's something if you apply it to your life, you're not gonna be watching your back because you're not gonna be doing nothing evil. Faith gonna... without works is dead. A- amen. Amen. <laughs> no. And that's the truth. Yes, though. absolutely. Yes. Well it's scripture it's scriptural. It's scriptural. And, yeah. and that's what I'm that's where I'm at. I'm 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 I really want people to take the word of God literally, like I do. And and not just, you know, read it to read it, but we have to be doers of the word of God. Amen. And then that's something that keeps me accountable to God. Uh, these, uh, when I go out to preach or teach, that keeps me accountable to God 
not to anybody, any pastor or anybody, but accountable to God. That's that's more of my accountability as as the Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely, and you have daily reminders because as, yes. as as we were talking about Christine earlier, mm-hmm. she wasn't a Christian when you met her. Nope, no, she wasn't. She was a broken person, very broken. Work. She was a productive citizen. She was good, a good person, so to speak, in the in the secular world. You'd be good, and you're a good person. We we're just talking about that on the way up here, and. Uh, you know, uh, but she still was broken inside and miserable inside. Had a had a job, twelve hours a day. Uh, uh, but she was, uh, um, you know, I hate to put her out there like this, but I it's her testimony. I don't want to, uh, but you know, she was an alcoholic, and uh, you know, working we'll, alcoholic. We'll have her in someday. Yeah, we'll and, get to and, share and hers. So you know, uh, but she still needed Jesus Christ, and yeah. and 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 I told her, you know what, Christine, um, um, God's pulling in your heart. And she didn't know what that meant, just like I didn't know what it meant, you yeah. know. And and then when she found out that she knew what it meant after when she repented and and accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior and and believed that in her heart that He died for her sins and resurrected to give her eternal life, that's when she really her eyes were open and she was on fire and she's still on fire and no matter what she's going through health wise, she still puts her dependency where it belongs, and that's on Jesus Christ. And she does that. So, folks, listeners, please, if, if you think of it, lift Christine up in prayer because yes. she is struggling with some health issues right yes. now. And yes. We won't elaborate on those, but she she would not reject any prayer. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, we, 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 we need prayer. As You know, I was just reading a verse in the Bible the other day, and all it says is, Paul said, I need, uh, remember to pray for us. That was just a verse. Yep. Remember to pray for us. And if, Paul, mighty man of God, needed prayer. What makes us think that we don't need prayer? Amen. You know, I ask folks sometimes, do you need prayer? Or, you know, sometimes you, you, you know, pastors, they'll just, oh, everything's perfect. But you know what? It's not that way. There, there's no way. A mighty man of God, like Paul in the Bible that wrote most of the New Testament, needed prayer all the time, always asking for prayer and always praying for somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's Absolutely. definitely what we need for our pastors. I know some pastors are really going through some devastating stuff right now. And, yeah. I, and the enemy is just sneaking in there and destroying their lives. Uh, and, you know, anybody in ministry, ministry, whether it's ordained or a right. formal ministry mm-hmm. or just on their own ministering, being being disciples as they're called to be, mm-hmm. if you're making a difference in the kingdom, you have a target on your back. Amen. And lift those people. If you see people in the field in any capacity making Amen. a change, they need that prayer of protection oh. because the enemy does not want the kingdom to grow. Amen. I just told my my pastor, Valley Shepherd of the Nazarene Church, my pastor Pusey. My, I love I, him. I love him. He, I love the whole congregation. They love us. They support our ministry prayer-wise. And we just love them. Without our church uh, and, and the backing of our church, we wouldn't be where we're at in ministry. And we thank God and we praise God for our for our Valley Shepherd of the Nazarene Church. They're they're um, wonderful. Yeah. So let's talk. We have we have about four minutes left, okay. and and I'm being really specific because um, Peter Peter is legally blind. He can't see the timer, so I'm having to be really specific today. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Um, but let's talk about Second Chance Grace because you do you do prison outreach. You go to schools. So tell us about first of all. Tell us about your cargo trailer because that is so cool. Yeah, we have. I I, I just recently. Uh, I was um, at Camel's Back Park with the trailer. It's a prison cell that I built inside uh, an enclosed trailer. And I used that for secular work. But at, at the most important thing is that I got saved in that cell. 
It's the replica cell that I got saved in. And it's exactly. exactly it's the same, the same size. Yes, it's the everything. same everything. Yes, it's 4B3 left cell 41 and Corcoran shoe in uh, California. And I'll tell you, um, that cell has been a blessing. Uh, sharing my testimony the other day with homeless kids in the mission. Um, that was great at Camelsback Park. We had other people come in there. I had two fathers come up to me, shake my hand with tears in their eyes and said, you just changed my uh, son's life. And I praise God for that. You know, uh, we, we I take it to churches. I could I take it to events, to summits. Um, Eastern Idaho, I'll be up there in Eastern Idaho this um, this October with the, the Sal Project. What our stats are showing is that kids are educated as well as an eye opener. When yep. he or she says it's an eye opener, that means that there's something that they're doing that might put them in a prison cell. I always tell them this is your first and last time in a prison cell. And they get it, you know, and we go over what to say yes to, uh, to and what to say no to. And it's really been a blessing. And uh, that wasn't for that. I just feel kids are visual today. Yep. And they just, when they experience walking in that cell, they really grasp it and they really don't want nothing to do with that. No. And it just gives them a sense of hope. You know, I, I don't need to be doing this. So, but that's, that's, that's what the prison cells bought. And we have a tattoo removal program. Uh, we remove uh, tattoos from all walks of life. Uh, Gia Swopes is a doctor. She's great. She's been with us for 13 years doing this in the Treasure Valley. I mean, we just get people into the military, we get people to take the the memories of their past off their bodies, and they're just excited and relieved from that, you know. It's, so we, it's not just prison tats. It's, no, it's oh, no, any kind no. of tattoos that I've you want removed. From, our older people, uh, 60, 70 years old, uh, younger people, uh, underage. Um, I mean, it's just a great ministry uh, to fellowship with these folks and to give them a sense of hope. And that's that's what it's all about. And, you know, this ministry, a lot of people think that it's a big, giant ministry. It's just me and my wife. You know, the other day she showed uh, me cleaning the trailer, getting their trailer ready and everything else. I mean, people were like, wow, I thought you had people, you know, to help you in that area. No, it's just me and her. And. And she has to drive everywhere. I, I don't do the driving. I don't have drivers. I mean, just, uh, but you know what? Uh, we praise God for the people that do at times come in and, and give me a ride wherever I need to go or whatever the case may be. Like I say, I, I can't thank our church more than, you know, the fellowship, the donors that help this ministry where it's at. They're partners, just like the Word of God says, that you'll be partners with people that you help. And, it's, and that's in the Word of God. And, and, and they, Anything that we do, they get credit for it as well. Absolutely. Praise God. Just, yes. So how can people find out more about Second Chance Grace and your tattoo removal, your speaking, any of that? Where can people find out? We have a website, um, Second Chance Grace, and we have a Facebook, uh, Peter and Christine, Second Chance Grace. And uh, so that they can get a hold of that. And our number is 208-703-6930. So, and on your website, it's second, 2ND. 2ND, yes. 2ND, chancegrace.org. Chance yes. So, anyway, I just wanted to point that no, out. No, I too. appreciate that, Sandy. I really do. And, you know, we, we really want to get the gospel message out there. We, we, we know there's a big need right now, not just in our, our, our um, state here, but our country. Amen. And so that's something that we, we're really uh, going to be trying to evangelize this spring and, and summer and fall. Well, it's a dark time and people are ho- are hungry for hope. Yes. Amen. So we're out of time. Oh, I'm sorry. Nope. You're good. That's my bad. I can I, talk all day. I'm an evangelist. So. You told me to kick you. I just didn't want to do it. So folks, if you'd like to read Peter's original story in Christian Living Magazine, you can find it on our website at christianlivingmag.com. 
under the past issues tab, look for May, June of 2018. You can also find the archive for this show under the About Us tab under Radio Archives. If there's something that you went, did I hear that right? You can go back and listen again. Peter, thank you so much for joining me today. God bless you for all you do. Well, for thank so you, Sandy. Many. Thank you for having me, and it's an honor. Folks, we invite you back next week. I promise we have another special guest, someone who will encourage you with hope and inspiration. Until next time, God bless. This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout the Treasure and Magic Valleys and in Central Idaho through McCall. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.